Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the podcast, Kaya. Hi. You're a defence partner. Can you tell me about how you met your defence member, how long you've been together? We met over a year and a half ago on a mutual friend's motorbike ride. Kind of locked eyes and it was love at first sight. We were best mates for six months of that time frame. We knew each other. Circumstances didn't line up that we couldn't be together straight away. He had a partner, I had a partner, but the stars aligned and we ended up together six months later. So yeah, no, it's been incredible. It's definitely been an experience and a half to say the least. Yeah. So your partner was in defense when you started off, but you were just friends. So that obviously didn't impact you very much. What was it like when you went from being friends and knowing that he was in the defense force to being his partner and then the defense life and that being part of your life then? Nothing could ever prepare you for it. Like I heard so many stories about like going away and going on exercises and I was like, oh yeah, no worries. I Surely I can handle that. When you're in it as a partner though, it's a totally different story. I did all the research in the world. I thought I could have been prepared for it, but nothing prepares you for it until you're actually in a You had like a little bit of knowledge before you started dating him. You knew that he was in the defense force. Some people don't even know that until they're a little bit along the way. But once you were together and that was then going to be a part of your life, how did that have to factor in for you? Like, what did you have to think about? Was he coming up to be posted? Like what was happening at the time that you got together? He was posted at a reserves battalion, so we moved in together pretty quickly just because we knew each other for so long, it just felt right. So we did move kind of fast. He was home every day, home most weekends. I think there was maybe one field deck the entire time that he was at home with me, and it was only for a weekend. So it was all pretty bearable. It was actually not that bad to sort of handle, but at the start of this year, he got posted and into a full-time battalion again, and we decided to go MWDU. That was definitely something I, a few breakdowns, it was something I wasn't prepared for. I went from living my life, having my partner at home every day and most weekends and a pretty normal life like what most civvies would have. But when we went MWDU, everything changed. What sort of thought went into going MWDU and why did you pick MWDU? Like where were you located and where was your partner moving to? We're located in Ipswich, but he ended up posting to Brisbane. Because of his rank, he needed to be within a certain radius of base at all times. In case he got a call, he would have to be there straight away. We decided to go MWDU, one for the commute and two to make sure that he can do the best in his role. So it's kind of a unique situation that we're so close yet so far. If you were to drive to each other, how long would it take to get to each other? 
It's about an hour. So not quite close enough, like you said, for him to be able to drive or you to be able to drive back the other way every day kind of thing, but still too far during the week. Do you guys see each other every weekend or how do you work it? When he's home in barracks, absolutely. We do try to see each other every weekend, but there's a lot more field exercises in infantry than what there was in a reserve battalion. He was on flood assist at the start of the year. That was a good two months that there was barely any contact at all, maybe a phone call here and there. It was definitely a hard adjustment period, like I said, going from being together every day to all of a sudden, we're in WDU, next thing I know, he's on flood assist. Next thing I know, there's a field exercise as soon as he came back from flood assist. So it definitely was a hard adjustment having to deal with the fact that all of a sudden he was gone the majority of the time. How did you accept the transition from one being friends, then being together, then reconciling what defence life meant and settling into that lifestyle and the requirements of your partner and then the bar being raised again when he was off on different assists and not around a lot? It is nothing short of a whirlwind. You get settled into some kind of a routine and then within a month it changes and then you think you settled again try and get used to the idea of the next thing and then it changes again definitely not been easy but I guess having a good support network close by definitely has helped I grew up here my parents are close by all my friends are close by I don't think without the support network that I have that honestly I would have been able to cope through all the changes so quickly and so radically but it has made the honeymoon stage go a lot longer than I ever thought it would. <laughs> because you haven't been together that much. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Distance makes the heart grow fonder. So they say, so they say. Once you'd come around to the new way that your relationship was working and defence life being run-of-the-mill part of your life now and calling on your support network and things like that, was there anything else that you did to adjust and come to terms with all the changes and what you were going through? Oh, Honestly, the only thing I could do to adjust and cope with what was all going on constantly was just keeping myself crazy busy. To a point where I actually burnt out. I actually took advice from a couple of other defense spouses and my partner called Open Arms and they actually helped quite significantly with it. But just keeping busy was the only way that I could keep my mind off the fact that everything was changing so fast. What was it like making that call to open arms? Like, where did you get the information? How did you take that step? Or were you just at a point where you're like, I need some sort of help? I was at a point I needed help. Most spouses can relate. You are left to do so much on your own. You're in a relationship and a fantastic one at that. But there is so much at home and they're either away or in my case, MWDU, and you're just left to do so much. We actually had a point a couple of months ago, we were refinancing the house. We got hit by a car on our motorcycle. So I had to deal with the insurance claims on that. We had construction workers here building sheds. Between everything that you don't think you have to deal with at all, really, I was dealing with all three things at once by myself while my partner was away. That was when I reached breaking point because I was always really strong and independent woman thinking I could do everything by myself. I sort of let go of that reality when I did meet my partner knowing that I had such a stable work by my side. But then to have to go back to that point where I was strong, I was independent, I could get it all done, but I took on way too much more than what I could handle. That was when I reached breaking point. It was definitely scary calling open arms. I wanted to refuse the fact that I needed help. I thought I could still handle everything on my own, but 
I've been on the phone with them regularly for the last couple of weeks and honestly it has made the world of difference just having someone that gets it talk to you and talk you through it and explain why you're feeling how you're feeling it's honestly it's a godsend that they have that line yeah that's amazing and and so good that like you've mentioned you're a couple of years in and number one you know about those supports and you're comfortable despite it being still a scary thing to make that phone call you're comfortable enough to be able to access that support that exists for a reason for defense partners and the defense community because of the challenges of defense life Oh, that's exactly it. Absolutely love but hate the saying too of you knew what you signed up for when you started dating a military member, but nothing like you could ever think of will ever prepare you for it. Like I said, we had so many changes and I never knew that I would be sitting in my house, putting myself to bed every night by myself, waking up by myself. It's not something that I sort of considered that would be a part of military life. I just thought, oh, yep, they'd go away a couple of times. They're well-kept. They make the bed. They look great in the uniform. This is going to be great. But then the reality sets in of how hard it can actually be. What is the near future likely to hold with postings and deployments and eventually hopefully living back together? What's the plan? It's definitely something that we discussed to try and keep our hopes high and get us through it all. He's only a year into this posting at the moment, so he's still got two more to go being in the role that he's in. But he is looking to post back to a reserves battalion so he can actually come back home and actually be at home full time again, which is something that we're both so desperately craving. In saying that you stayed in your location because you mentioned you've got your support network and it just wasn't going to work with your partner driving from where you are to fulfill the role that he was doing at the base that he's posted to. But what is your field of work and how easy will it be if you need to post to another location to find work? I am a service advisor in a car dealership workshop. So it is a job that I can move quite easily around I could get another job quite quickly but I'm very close to long service leave maternity leave is something I'd be considering one day in the future as well and we own our own house here as well so it would be hard to not only rent our home out but to also find a place in Brisbane that would suit our needs as well so as much as I would love to post with him it would be a lot harder for the sake of everything we have here. And you're not letting go of that long service leave because that's like a rarity. For defense, <laughs> that's a rarity for defense partners because those that post around with their defense member or change different fields of career and get different experience with different jobs as they post around don't usually get long service leave because they don't always post around with the same company. So that's an oh. amazing thing that you're going to get that. I'm pretty excited about it to say the least. You mentioned that in the future you might be taking maternity leave and you want to hold on to those entitlements through your workplace and the like. Have you guys spoken about kids or done family planning and worked out how that might fit in with postings and your partner being back or away or, or would it just be that kids just have to fit in with whatever's happening or are you sort of more so putting a plan in place? Little of column A, little of column B. My partner actually has two little ones already to a previous relationship. So that is one thing that's actually tying him here to southeast Queensland, which is fantastic for all families all around. Hopefully when we have one, it will be something that just fits into the lifestyle that we have already. God willing, it'll be when he's back home a little bit more, but 
even if we're still in WDU, we'll just make it work. I mean, it's something that we both want, so we'll just see how it goes and see where it takes us and hopefully they fit into it. So you mentioned that he would hopefully come back to a reserve unit when he hopefully comes back to your location. What would that mean work-wise and trips away and requirements would that mean of him as opposed to what he's doing now? If he's in BHQ, then it means that he won't be going away anywhere near as much. It'll just be the weekend trips away for all the reservists because it will have to fit in with their day work. It won't be much time away at all. The hours will change as well. So there won't be PT in the morning. There won't be all the long, crazy hours that he has to do right now. Everything will sort of change when he goes back to BHQ. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. And with many of their branch staff a Defence Spouse or Partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a Defence Spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. Have you made a spouse support network or have you attended any defence-related events or anything like that to connect in with the defence community? As much as I wanted to go to a lot of defence-related events, a lot of them occur when I'm at work. Like I work over 60 hours a week, so it's a little bit harder for me to make it to those kind of things. But I have met a number of amazing spouses between battalion balls, dining in nights, mess nights, Anzac Day. All the partners are always there for that. So we actually made a little WhatsApp group and for little things like advice or what to wear to a certain event, we can ask each other and the girls that are a bit more experienced can share their words of wisdom, which honestly has been so helpful because half the time I have no idea what to do for half of these things. It's definitely good having a support network of other spouses as well because a lot of the time they're going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. A lot of our partners roll away on one particular exercise. We all caught up for breakfast and whinged about how hard it is being at home by ourselves or have little ones already. It's definitely good to have that network of people who just get it. Being in location with your existing support network and your family and friends, that is amazing that you've got that support, but it doesn't always translate to the particular support that you need as a spouse because they don't have quite had that understanding. Oh, honestly, no, 100% you're right. I've got a group of girlfriends that I'll vent to about how much I'm struggling and things like that but they don't understand you take it for granted falling asleep next to your partner every night whereas the other spouses understand that you wake up alone you go to sleep alone you have dinner by yourself you have a coffee in the morning by yourself and that's something that a lot of people don't understand how hard that can actually be People got a bit of a taste of it during COVID when they went into isolation, but defence partners were like, well, that's our everyday life. Yeah, that's normal. (laughs) What do you mean you're struggling? Yeah, we've got this. We'll just do it for another two years. (laughs) Two more years and we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Your partner was already in defence when you got together, so it's not like 
you got together and your partner says, yay, we're a defense couple. Here's your information pack. Here's your guide to be a spouse. <laughs> like here's all the information you need. So when you did make that transition from friend to spouse, how did you go about getting information or actually learning about any of the supports or services you could access? Like, how did you go about that? Or what was given to you? Or did you do research? What did you do? I joined a whole bunch of Facebook groups for military spouses. That was pretty helpful. But my partner is so savvy when it comes to all of that. As soon as we became de facto, he's like, right, we need to go get your base pass. We need to go get this. We're going to sign you up for this. He was very well prepared for everything that we needed to organize. Your defense partner gets a gold star because that's amazing. Because oh, not a lot, not, stars. <laughs> not all of them always think of that that or understand the importance of doing those things so that those things are in place when and if you need them. From the moment we got together, we already discussed having to go MWDU at the start of the following year. I guess we sort of put it out of our minds for a number of months pretending like it wasn't going to happen then reality set in and he's like right okay this is what we have to organize if you want to come and visit we need to get a pass we need this we need this we need to do inductions he was completely prepared for everything so honestly it would have been a lot harder if he wasn't amazing in saying that you've already mentioned that you have access open arms but did you find out about any of the other supports or organizations like defense member and family support defense families australia like were you told about operational security rules and all of those sorts of things like did you then once your partner had done all the the amazing things he'd already done to set you up with a base pass and all that sort of stuff (laughs) was there any other stuff that you knew you needed to know about or did you learn stuff along the way or did, did you even find out about those organizations a lot of things were learnt on the way. When certain situations came up, he's like, right, we've got an answer for this. This is what we need to do next. Or this is who you need to contact. This is where we go from here. There was a family open night at the start of the year where they sort of told us the plans for our guys, what they were doing. There was a few shocks to the system um, because obviously confidentiality, nothing could be said. I had a little bit of a moment and Quinn was a little bit worried about what was happening. But other than that, DMFS were there. They had a stall, the support network groups, the catch-ups as well. They were all there just explaining what services they have and what they can offer. Definitely an overload of information that night, but it definitely was helpful for scenarios when they're needed. Yeah, that's amazing. So it was almost like the information package you wish you got. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. And that's amazing that the base had an information night and had everyone come and give you that information. Absolutely. It definitely helped. What sort of information, like you mentioned, you wish you had it a year and a half ago, but what information did you wish you had when you first started out that you learnt later on? What would have been helpful at the start of your defence spouse journey? Honestly, as much as I want to say a literal handbook of what to wear, how to act, how to be, et cetera, et cetera, would have been amazing. There's obviously all the pamphlets on if you're struggling, call open arms. I think I've searched the entirety of the internet trying to find different information and different things that we needed. But the thing that I struggled with the most, like I'm tattooed, I'm a little bit alternative. And then to go to formal events, five, six times a year, 
I'm sitting here going, okay, how dressed up do I need to be? Do I need to be overdressed? Do I need to be underdressed? How do I do my makeup? Like, do I speak when spoken to? Do I be friends with everyone? Like, I didn't know necessarily the protocol until I'd been to a couple and go, okay, this is what to expect. Information like that definitely would not have gone astray. And then all the events that happened throughout the year, like obviously Anzac Day, we all know would be a massive event. I didn't anticipate how big it was going to be. Brisbane City by the river was insanity by the time that night came. There was all three military members completely surrounding the river. It was absolutely phenomenal, but I didn't know it was going to be that big. I had no idea what to expect. That's awesome that you were able to push past those questions and the the fears that you might have had to go to a couple because once you've been to a couple, you're like, okay, well, I kind of know what the gist is and I've got a couple of friends now that are also spouses that I can spitball outfits with or ask them this question, am I allowed to pick the canister off the table? All those different traditions that, that exist, but knowing that there's other people most likely in the room also having those same questions gives you comfort because none of us know what's going on until we kind of figure it out or go and do it or experience it or find someone else who's been through it. Exactly. And the first men's night that I ever went to, it was meant to be full cocktail. I had this really gorgeous, almost ball gown, like real sleek, silky looking dress. It was beautiful. They changed it to casual within 12 hours of the night actually occurring. And I was overdressed like no tomorrow. Good thing another spouse didn't get the memo either. So we were sitting there doled up to the nines and everyone else was completely casual. So I felt a little bit silly, but it was nice knowing that there was another new spouse there that also had no idea what to expect. So we made comfort at that, which was good. Now that sounds like it's against the rules. You cannot change the dress code from cocktail slash nearly formal to casual. Like that's a huge difference. Oh, massive difference. And I was already in panic mode going, oh my God, I don't know what to wear. And by that time it was too late. So I mean, casual, we looked great. Casual is more confusing than formal. Like casual, exactly. you're like, well, what, what fits in with casual? Be like, can I wear a dress to the knee? Is that okay? Oh my gosh. Oh, well, good on you for getting through that. But uh, it's better to be <laughs> overdressed than underdressed. <laughs> yeah. So I've been told the biggest piece of advice I got from one of the Facebook groups, because I found all these pictures and asked for the advice going, will this be okay for this kind of occasion? Is this going to be all right one of the ladies actually said just think of princess diana and match her style but i can tell you now that is not me that is not how i dress and i don't even know if i could bring myself to dress it like that which put me into another panic mode going oh my god how am i going to match this how am i going to be okay am i going to fit in by the time you eventually get to know everyone anyway that sort of stuff doesn't eventually matter everyone's just excited to catch up at those nights yeah exactly oh my gosh <laughs> you survived so far <laughs> we survived it's fine. what advice would you give to anyone who's been on this the fence to making that call to open arms or are thinking I'm not at breaking point now but I know that my partner's going to be deployed and I'm going to need that extra help I don't have friends and family in location I need someone to talk to or someone that's going to help me through the challenges of defense life what would you say to someone who is thinking about calling open arms honestly do it it will change everything it will change your mindset like I said I was too scared to call them I guess I had it in my head that I was accepting defeat and I thought I was stronger than that but that's not what it's about at all they're there to literally get you back on your feet even if you're not even off them yet. They're there to offer you all the support that you need and each other support they can assist you with as well. Myself, thinking I was so strong and independent, accepted it as defeat, but it's not. It 
literally will help you. It will help your partner. It'll help your relationship. It'll help you not get to breaking points. So don't wait until you're at that point to make the call. They are so nice. They are so understanding and they get it. If you are thinking about calling them, do it before it's too late until you're crying like me every night and then don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get to that point. Sometimes it takes getting to that point to push you to make that call but you don't want to get to that point. (laughs) It's not fun. No. Um, I recommend. (laughs) No. What advice or words of wisdom would you give to a new spouse or someone else who's just sort of starting on the journey of defence life? Don't expect anything. Take every day as it comes. The surprises that you get are going to be great along the way. You're going to have some heartache along the way, but in the end it's all worth it, especially when they come home in their uniform. They look so good. (laughs) <laughs> I love it how you're like, yeah, the uniform's great. But don't expect anything. Lower yeah, don't those expect standards. anything, but they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make up for it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much, Kaya, for coming on the podcast and telling us about your defense partner journey so far and coming to terms with MWDU life and understanding the rules of dress at formal events and getting around those kind of hurdles. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 